to another episode of All Comic Interviews. I am joined today by writer of Buzzkill, by writer of the absolutely fucking amazing uh, Ghost Fleet, um, Donnie Cates. And that's not to say anything bad about Buzzkill, because Buzzkill is fucking amazing as well. But <laughs> Ghost Fleet was just extra fucking amazing, buddy. Uh, how the hell are you? Thank you. I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, well, uh, probably better than you. Uh, my back is fine yeah. and dandy. I mean, I don't have the same drugs that are rolling through your system, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For the listeners, I am, uh, I'm, uh, paralyzed, as it were. Uh, yeah, my back's all fucked up, but I'm on drugs, so it's cool. So this might be a really fun interview or a really boring one. <laughs> if he just stops talking, I'll assume he stared into space because he found something shiny and that would be the end of it. Yeah, if you don't hear from me, just turn it off. It means I went to sleep. Fair enough. We're prepared for that in any situation. We'll just, like, uh, cut to some old uh, Walt Disney Mickey Mouse music, and that'll just be the end of it. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, let's just start real quick, uh, kind of at the beginning here. Um, I discovered you on Buzzkill. Uh, was that your first, uh, like, major published work? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I had done um, a few little... Um, short stories in dark horse presents um and I great had, anthology and, yeah 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 um and we're actually going to be back in it um in like two weeks uh with a little prequel to the paybacks which is a whole other thing but yeah i i had started in dark horse presents um my actually my actual first credit in a comic book was in a issue of ant-man and wasp at marvel um i was interning over there and uh, uh, it was a book that was written and drawn by Tim Seeley, who's a dear friend of mine now. Um, and they, the idea was that they wanted um, the, the recap page to be, um, who's the shitty Ant-Man? Eric O'Grady, is that right? Uh, yeah, the one, like that Kirkman, the, the one that Kirkman did? Yeah, he's a jerk and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so, the, so the idea was for the recap page that it was going to be, uh, Eric O'Grady drawing in Hank Pym's notebook and doing little stick figure stories of what happened. And so <clears throat> for some weird reason, they asked me to do the stick figures. And apparently if you do art for a Marvel recap page, they have to credit you. So <laughs> score. So yeah, yeah, totally score. So it was really funny because I have a lot of artist friends um, who I went to school with and stuff who I work with a lot of them now. Um, and it's just, it, uh, it beguiled them to no end that my first credit was doing art for Marvel <laughs> as a, as a horrible, horrible, horrible artist. Hey man, you gotta start somewhere, right? Even if it's starting with stick figures. <laughs> yeah, dude, I drew the shit out of some stick figures. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, how long did you do I that for? I took it so seriously. Say again? I said, how many issues did you do that for? Just the one? Uh, no, it was, uh, like a four issue mini. And so I did... You know, obviously there's no recap page in the first issue, so I did two, three, and four. Um, and then actually when they collected it into a trade, they don't normally put recaps in the trade, obviously, you know, but um, but they saved one of my drawings and used it as a chapter break. Um, and it's it's really weird, but you can go and find that somewhere. But anyway, it's really weird. Uh, like years later, I love this story. Years later, I, I was doing my first panel ever at a con, um, and it was for Buzzkill, and I'm up there, and I'm up there with Tim Seeley, and Tim Seeley was on this panel, 
you and uh, Tim Seeley were uh, at a panel together, and you and you were talking about the the Ant Man book. Yeah, I looked over it up, and I was like, "Hey, man, your Ant Man and Wasp book that you did for Marvel, I did the recaps. That was me, man. I drew those, and man, he did not give a shit." <laughs> and, I, and I I say that with all love for Tim. He's one of the sweetest people ever. But for whatever reason, at that moment, he did not give a shit that like this intern had made good. Um, but yeah, that was so to answer a long way of answering your question. That's where I started. <laughs> the stick man is now a real boy. Yeah, right. Uh, that's funny, actually. That's uh, that's, that's a good little story, considering especially, you know, you're talking about all the other artists that you work with that, you know, haven't got a Marvel credit. You you essentially have a trade at Marvel, you know, before everybody else did. I do. I do. <laughs> I'll have I'll have two of those by the end of this year. Well, 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 let's not jump ahead now. We're at the beginning of your career, all right? All right? Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a pace to these things, Donnie. I, I know you're new to Skype. You, you just put me on hold, <laughs> for Christ's sake. Fucking hate Skype. <laughs> I don't like Microsoft either, but uh, kind of stranded by the... I just don't know why you would release a product that doesn't work. It never works. I've never done one of these interviews where Skype was, like, totally cool the entire <laughs> way through. But I, I was anyway. Rec- I was recording with... Um, with Chris uh, Sabella last week or the week before. I love Chris. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. And uh, my internet wasn't working and his internet wasn't working and then our Skypes wouldn't work together. And, fuck, we, we must have, like, gone off and on, like, three or four times. We had to, like, we recorded, like, ten minutes of shit and then we lost everything and then had to, like, do it all over again. And, no, uh, it was just a fucking headache. Yeah, no, it's the best. Skype's the best, yeah. <laughs> they are not my sponsors, so we can shoot the shit out of them all we want. Um, welcome. <laughs> so uh, after your 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 big time Marvel break, um, yeah. <laughs> did you did you jump immediately to Dark Horse? How did you get involved with Dark Horse and and bringing your book over there? Um. So yeah. So um, while I was at Marvel, I met a, a guy who uh, is now my best friend and um, writing partner, a guy by the name of Elliot Rayhall. And um, Elliot and I came up with the Dark Horse Presents book. It was, it was a book called Hunter Quaid. Uh, it's about this time-traveling detective kind of a dude. It's real weird. Um, and I'm not in the mental headspace to explain it. So go read it. Um, and we were pitching that. Um, like right after we, we had started writing it while we were at, at um, Marvel. Um and then when we got out of our internship, we just continued. We went to all the cons and everything. And eventually, yeah, we got the Dark Horse Presents thing picked up. Around that same time, um, I, one of my childhood friends uh, from, like, uh, elementary school um, became the – or no, not became. He had been the, uh, the tour manager for the band Toadies. Um, and the Toadies, if you're not from Texas or from, you know, this part of the country, um, they're a really huge band down here. Then they had a bunch of like platinum selling albums in the, in the, in the 90s and stuff. Um, and it's always been one of my favorite bands. Um, anyway, they were playing in Austin and uh, Wes invited me out. And it was at that show that I met Rez, who is their drummer. And Rez was a really big comic book geek and was really... Um, he wanted to hear all about the Marvel internship and all that kind of stuff. And at that point I had been published in dark horse presents, like I think once, and we just got along really well. And at the end of it, I said, um, you know, if you ever have any ideas for any stories or anything, um, you know, here's my email, hit me up. This is kind of what I do and you love comics. Um, so let's talk. 
and like a month went by or so, and then Rez emailed me, and it was like a paragraph long, and it said, um, hey, this might be dumb, but like, what if a guy got powers from drinking? <laughs> and and thus began that odyssey. Um, and, you know, we talked about, um, it, it, it actually wasn't called Buzzkill at the time, it was called Blackout. Um, we had to change it. Uh, because they were doing another book called Blackout um, with my buddy Frank, who wrote that. Um, anyway. Um, oh, sorry, the, Loopy. The, the superhero or whatever? Yeah, Dark Horse. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so I kind of reached into my um, – I went to SCAD. I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design where I uh, dropped out. Um, but while I was there, I definitely – kept an eye on all the talent and all the artists and all the cool people that were working, you know, in and around me and, uh, in the classes. Um, and I was in classes with like Trad Moore. Um, I was in Love classes with, yeah, he's fucking great. He's is an, a phenomenal human being too. Um, and, uh, Patrick Reynolds, uh, who is, uh, who did like alien versus predator for them was like my TA, um, and, uh, a guy who was at school with me, but I had never really met or talked to was a guy named Jeff Shaw. Um, and I'd always loved his art and, uh, yeah, I called him up and I said, Hey, do you want to draw this weird superhero thing about drinking? And he was like, yeah, let's do that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm normally way better at telling this story, but like, as we've established, I'm on drugs. Um, that means it's even better than you think it is, Donnie. <laughs> I, I, I know you're lying. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so we got, um, got Jeff to draw us about 10 pages for the pitch. Um, I, I did all the scripting and everything. Um, Rez and I did plot, that, uh, you know, in conjunction. We would go out to bars or anything. This is back when I still drank. Um, and we would kind of talk everything out and then I would go home and type an outline and blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, we pitched it and we got soundly rejected from like every company, um, when we pitched it, uh, which is to be expected, you know, that shit happens. Um, I think a lot of the, of the, of the problem at the time was that everyone read the synopsis of it and said like, oh, a superhero who drinks and they all imagined like Hancock or, something that was very silly, you know, oh, they, yeah. they, they didn't take it. Cause it's like, that's, you know, honestly, that's the, that's the way that I feel like a lot of people would have taken that premise, you know, uh, making it goofball and like frat. Uh, well, there's a frat scene in Buzzkill, but, um, well, we didn't want to do that. I mean, we had both known, uh, people separately in our lives who had fallen prey to addiction and stuff. And we really, said, if we're going to do this, then let's just fucking do it, man. And it finally took someone at Dark Horse actually reading the script and saying, oh, oh, this is not that. This is a different thing. Um, and so that's how we ended up with that. I always feel like uh, Dark Horse, you know, seems to take a lot more chances with a lot of the, like, a lot more weirder stuff. I mean, I know there's some, like, weird-ass shit at, like, Image and, and Boom and stuff, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I guess I just really like Dark Horse, so... It seems like you know it's you know it's a great fit over there. Um, I, when I read Buzzkill, I read it all at once because I was way late to the party. Um, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was what it was five issues, I think. I, I read it like 
a year ago now. It was four. Four issues. It, it was, yeah, it was four issues. It was originally pitched as 12 because um, it was going to be one issue per step, you know, uh, the 12 steps. Right. Um, and, and honestly, I think it was the best thing that ever happened to the book where they came back and said, you know, we're going we're gonna to do it in four, um, which, you know, sounds like if it sounds like weird that they would make that choice. But you have to remember at the time, like neither Rez or I or Jeff were anyone that anyone knew or or knew could handle doing this. And you don't just give out 12 issue like maxi series to just nobodies, you know. Um, and so they said, I mean, they didn't say it, but the. You know, kind of how you start out was like, well, I mean, I had started on eight page stories at Dark Horse Presents. Here's four issues. Let's see what you can do with four. And then next time we'll go up, you know. Yeah. Um, um, when it uh, when it was all said and done and, you know, Buzzkill was done, how was how was the reception uh, from what you saw? Uh, it's fucking bananas, man. Um, it was crazy, man. Um, you know. The Hunter Quaid stories, uh, just by virtue of them being eight-page kind of standalone stories and kind of buried in an anthology, you know, I was I was used to that kind of reception. You know, uh, the odd website here or there writing articles about it, or, or, or not even articles about it, but, you know, talking about the story in a larger context of an anthology. Um, and when Buzzkill came out... Um, it was bizarre. Um, there was all these reviews coming in. And at one point, like I was, <laughs> I'll never forget this. I was on my iPad going through them and there's so many of them. And I was, I was, I was looking up at my wife and I was like, who are these people? Why? Like, why is this happening? Like, why, why are all these people like uh, writing about the book? Like why? And she was like, I think they like it. <laughs> and it's like, it had never dawned on me that, like, I was like, these these people are, like, not my mom's friends. Like, these are, like, people I don't I don't know, you know? Um, and, like, um, I think while I was in San Diego Comic-Con, no, I was out at some con, the um, L.A. Times ran an article on it. Um, oh, nice. And, yeah, it was just bananas. I mean, I think, I think the premise of it, um, you know... I uh, ruffled some feathers here and there, um, which is obviously good for a couple more, you know, articles and stuff. Um, the Huffington Post ran a thing on it. Um, I actually had to give an interview to the Huffington Post while I was being fitted for a tux for my brother's wedding. And it was maybe the most fancy I've ever felt like talk, like uh, like answering questions on a Bluetooth headset to Huffington Post while wearing a tux. And I was like, man, this shit is not going to last. No way this goes on forever. Um, but yeah, man, it was really good. It ended up being included in a lot of the um, year-end, like, best of comics, um, stuff like that. I ended up winning an award for it here in Austin. Um, it's bananas. It uh, really blew up. I, uh, I just did a quick check because uh, I couldn't remember if we had reviewed uh, the book at all. I guess we did number one. And then we, yeah. must, we must have fallen off from there. But, uh, num- I mean, it was... Re- re- Interview think- over. I know, right? Hey, you, you never listened to my show before, so you can take <laughs> one review for your goddamn comic. <laughs> right on. Oh, uh, man. Uh, and, hey, we're, we, we're not there yet, but have you read what we've said about uh, Ghost Fleet? Huh? Huh? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. You guys have been very, very kind. Um, but, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, Dan over here that, that reviewed it. I think it was actually his review that... 
put it onto my radar in the first place. And then, I mean, again, I got, I got so much shit that I'm, I'm given every month and like PDFs and books and just books that I buy. I have a hardcover addiction problem. Um, sure. So like my stack, my, my wife always jokes, and I think I said this on every show, but that the stack's going to fall over and kill me in my sleep one of these days. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, yeah, thing, I- so <laughs> it took me a while to get to it basically. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was really good. It reads really well, um, all together. Um, and cool. I mean, immediately after I read it, all I could think of was when the hell are we getting more? Uh, but I mean, that was what, that was two years ago or so, uh, when the first one came uh, out. So yeah, Buzzkill, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Buzzkill came out two years ago on my birthday. Um, actually this year, um, on the exact same day on my birthday this year, um, Buzzkill's kind of sequel is coming out, um, which is really cool that it ended up coming out that way. Excellent. That was my next follow-up question was when the hell are we getting more, Donnie? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's weird. <laughs> you know, um, that's Segway. a question. I'm not, I'm not huge, just like personally, this is not a, like a, uh, a criticism on anyone else's art. Uh, far be it from me to tell anyone else what to do, but uh, I'm not huge on returning to stories. Um, like kind of once I've, I, I don't like reading a mini series where I can see that the writer is leaving themselves out so that they can write more of it. Um, uh, it just seems like a, I don't know. I'm a big fan of third acts. Um, and I feel like that's a, a, a gift that is very rarely, um seen in comics you don't really get to read that many endings like proper proper endings true um because obviously in the big two your spider-mans and your batmans had a first act and now they're just going to be in their second act forever um and so with buzzkill we got an offer right after it ended um pretty much based on the critical reception of it to do more of it um and I, I just said no to it because um, to bring Ruben back uh, from what happened to him kind of just it, it, it felt gross to me to like try and like cash in on this character after what I've done to him and with the story that we told. Um, that being said, though, um, yeah, no, we're going to do some more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that being said, they showed me the paycheck and I'm fucking in. No, that's actually not it at all, man. Um, <laughs> I'm just fucking Ruben's story is over and forever closed. I, I, I mean that when I say that. That's not some clever PR shit. Um, that being said, I really, really, really enjoyed playing in that world that we had made with all the different superheroes and, you know, that kind of, the, the kind of acting and the character um, that uh, Jeff brought to his art mm-hmm. and everything. It was a world that I felt really comfortable in and I really enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, in September, we are launching an ongoing set in the world of Buzzkill. Um, it's called The Paybacks. Um, and it's a spiritual sequel, you know, in that it's the same universe. And there might be little cameos and secret little easter eggs for those who have read buzzkill but you don't need to have read buzzkill now i will say 
that the Paybacks have a doctor on board, and his name is Dr. Black. And Dr. Black is very much a part of this series. It's not the Dr. Black comic, but he is absolutely in it. Um, it's real weird. It's really, really fun. Um, and I, I get to write it with my best friend, um, Elliot, who uh, I mentioned earlier. Uh, he is going to, uh, well, not going to, he's been on board. Um, and, and Elliot is actually the inspiration for Dr. Black himself. He's kind of the same human being. Um, so it's really cool to get back into that world write an ongoing this time as opposed to four issues and do it with Dr. Black himself. So it's been really, really, really fun. And uh, Jeff's doing the art as well. Jeff is back. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Jeff's doing it. Um, Lauren, uh, who colors everything that I've ever done. She did ghost fleet. She did buzzkill. She's back. Sweet. Um, we're going to have some cool cover artists. I think this, uh, this kid that I don't think anyone's really heard of, Daniel Warren Johnson, I don't know is, is. going to be, yeah, he's, a, he's an up-and-comer, you know. Um, yeah, I th I, I, he's going to be a big name soon. Uh, yeah, he's going to be giving us uh, a cover, too. Uh, it's always nice to work with Daniel again. We did a little book a little while ago. I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, but more importantly, he drew our <laughs> Ravens. Or allcomic.com. Yeah. Yes, he did. That's true. I always see it when it comes up, and it's always very, um, it's always very Daniel. I can always pick out anything that he's drawn. Oh, I know. He's got such a sweet style, and and so he, good. He, he sent me the original too, and I mean, me and my wife both looked at it. We're like, almost at the same time, we're like, you should get that fucking tattooed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it, I, it just looks so good. You know. I have a Daniel Warren Johnson tattoo. Um, I uh, the uh, the issue two cover, um, which has the truck falling on trace. Right, right. Um, that is my entire left arm. That's fucking it's awesome. Like my entire quarter sleeve. Yeah. You should uh, send me a picture of that so I can put it on the on the interview page. I think. <laughs> All right. That's yeah, sweet, yeah. man. Um, well, hey, I guess since how you're bringing them up and you keep forcing the freaking topic, uh, I guess we better <laughs> talk about the Ghost Fleet. <sighs> sure. Um. <laughs> I, I really I really did enjoy Buzzkill, man. I, it was it was a really really cool story, and I'm glad you're gonna go back to the world. Um, and I I respect you for you know not not just you know taking Ruben and just continuing and just because you can. Um, let me put a let me put a disclaimer on that for anyone who is hearing this in the future, and I've like made toys and shit. Um, <laughs> fuck you, I got bills to pay, um, and yeah, like if there's ever like a Buzzkill cartoon or anything. Like, don't, don't crawl up my ass. All right. I just <laughs> like, if I, if I, if I get into dire straits and, 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 and Buzzkill needs to be my Jay and Silent Bob, it damn, it damn sure will be, I promise <laughs> you. But I have other stories to tell first. All right. Fair enough. Disclaimer noted. Um, but hey, let's, let's talk about the ghost fleet. Um, mm -hmm. obviously immediately, uh, I was drawn to it because Daniel did a Raven. So I loved his art. Um, I, uh, I saw some, I think some black and whites really, really early on. Uh, and for those that don't know, Daniel Warren Johnson does space mullet, uh, webcomic space dash mullet.com. Uh, you need to go check that out. Cause that is also fucking fantastic. Uh, especially if you read this series, um, and then you want more, uh, Daniel. Um, but anyway, I saw, I saw his, I saw his art. Um, and then I saw you attached to it as well. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, you, you can't really pass that up. 
And I'm telling you, man, from the word go, you've, you you guys not only surpassed my expectations, but you made one hell of a series. Seeing Daniel's name uh, on the book, seeing some of the art, uh, seeing you as the writer as well. Uh, I mean, it was one of those books that I couldn't pass up. And I've been surprised and blown away literally from the very first issue. Uh, well, thank you, man. My pleasure, man. I, I don't, <laughs> don't thank me. You guys that did it for us and all the comic fans and shit. Half, <laughs> half the time, I think you made it just for me and Alex. Um, but, uh, how did... Alex really likes that book. Oh, yeah. You, you should hear him. He'll, he'll be like writing his, his, his uh, review and he'll be like typing to me on Facebook like, oh, my God, this is so fuck. Did you read this yet? Did you see what this? He's fucking did this. Oh, and he's just like freaking out about it. It's, it's, he, he likes it, to say the least. Um, yeah. how, how did you and Daniel hook up then? Was it like a, one of those fabled uh, internet meetings or did you meet him at yeah, a con or something? Yeah, it really was. No, it really was. Um, so, um, okay. So it's a really kind of a weird long journey. Um, I think uh, Dan had gone into one of, or to his comic book shop uh, in Chicago and someone had said, hey, Dan, you'll like this, um, this book. Um, and it was, uh, what the fuck is my last book called? Buzzkill. It was Buzzkill. Um, <laughs> and he read it. Um, he read it. And while it was still coming out, I think it was issue two had just come out. So this was two, two and a half, two, like two and a half. No, no, no. A little under two years ago. Um, I get an email um, I still to this day don't know how he found my email because at the time my email was not on my Twitter like it is now. Like anyone can just find me now. Um, uh, but at the time it wasn't, um, and I really wasn't even that, um, I'm very active on Twitter now, uh, but I was not then, which I should have been. Um, anyway, I get this email from this guy named Dan Johnson. Um, and which is, uh, if you're not from Austin, the, the name Dan Johnson means a lot. Daniel Johnson is a renowned artist here in Austin um, who's done uh, he's a he's a crazy uh, it's kind of a weird way to describe Daniel. Anyway, sorry <laughs> I'm yeah da type in Daniel Johnson Austin and you'll see it. he's great. Um, anyway, so I got this email from this dude and um, you know, Daniel makes, uh, he doesn't uh, hide the fact that he is, um, a spiritual guy. Um, and he connected with a scene in Buzzkill where the main character is talking about God. Um, and he just read that and he found my email somewhere and he emailed me and just said, Hey, I just wanted you to know, I really liked this. Um, and as a person of faith myself, like I can really relate to this kind of thing and, Anyway, um, yeah, and that was it. He didn't like say, also, here's my art or anything. He said nothing. He just said, I really liked this. And then um, I found him on Twitter um, and emailed him, or not emailed him, I followed him on Twitter and I saw that he had a portfolio and a webcomic. And so I clicked on it and I was looking through it and I was like, holy shit, this guy is fucking phenomenal. Um, and after I kind of forgot about it, I don't really even think Dan and I talked very much after that. Um, we were, I had pitched later on after Buzzkill, I pitched him a different book that we were going to do together. Um, and it was the story. <laughs> I'll, I'll get around to writing this one of these days, 
but the story was going to be um it was set in world war one and it was the story of a carrier pigeon and kind of telling the story of world war one through the eyes of this pigeon um and it, it actually in the story it actually wasn't a pigeon it was a dove um and its job was to go uh from like camp to camp reporting the dead it would like take the you know list of dead to loved ones and other soldiers and stuff and it was this book and it was called death from a dove um <laughs> that's awesome and i'm i'm i yeah i know i'm I'm big on I'm big on pun names. That's um, awesome. <laughs> and and Daniel did a lot of artwork for it. Um, and it was really fucking awesome. Um, and then um, I forget what happened. Um, it just it's just one of those things, you know. I got sidetracked. Uh, you know, a day turned into a week, turned into a month, and we just kind of we just kind of stopped talking about it a little bit. Uh, I still have all that art. I should share that art. It, it, it was really good. Um, and then uh, I had had these pitches in at Dark Horse for a long time. I pitched Ghost Fleet, The Paybacks, and Buzzkill all within about, uh, I want to say like a four-month period. Um, and so they had been sitting on Ghost Fleet and The Paybacks. And after Buzzkill did pretty well, um, they approved both of them on the same day. Um, and, you know, at the time, I don't know if you know the history of Ghost Fleet. Ghost Fleet was supposed to be a 12-issue series. So they approved a 12-issue series and an ongoing the same day. So things got hectic quickly. Um, and I had actually had an artist attached to Ghost Fleet um, who was not available to do it anymore. Um, he had gotten a really cool offer to go and do something really cool. I don't know why I'm trying to hide his name. His name is Stephen Green. He's a dope artist. And we're actually working together. Um, in the Dark Horse Presents story that comes out uh, like next week, um, it's like a zero issue for the payback. Steven drew that. Um, and he's actually drawing uh, some backups for um, uh, Tread Moore's book at Image. Um, um, no, uh, Luther Strode. There we go. I completely yeah. drew a blank there. Yeah, yeah. I know, me too. I, I'm on drugs, though. You're supposed to be on point. Um, uh, hey, I, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you shut your I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so Steven is doing great, but anyway, for, 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 yeah, just the schedule didn't line up at the time, and Steven couldn't do it, and I was kind of left in the wind, I was like, fuck, man, like, Dark Horse wants to start on this right now, um, and so I thought of Dan, and, you know, my whole thing about hiring artists is, I think that you can, you, you, you can kind of tell within about 10 seconds of going through someone's portfolio, if they can do the work, like I could tell instantly by looking at Dan's stuff that he was going to be able to draw a big rig. Like it wasn't going to be that big of a deal, you know, and there's a lot of artists who can draw a big rig. But what I loved about Daniel's art was his acting and how, how beautiful and simple his expressions and how he conveyed emotions were. And I knew that like anyone can draw explosions and shit. But for this book to really work and not just be, I'll get back to that. Um, for it to work, it needed someone like Daniel. And so I sent uh, his webcomic to Scott Alley and my editor, and it got approved within like a day. They, awesome. just, they l l looked at that and they said, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and so, yeah, Dan and I were kind of off. It was crazy. I, <laughs> I called him and I was like, hey, man, so really quick, it's going to be a 12-issue series. Um, it's about this and this and that. Um, are you in? And he, like, on the phone just was, like, right then. He was like, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those things where we were all moving so fast that at one point he was drawing, um, I think he was drawing issue two in which um, we see, like, the kind of Illuminati group known as the Silhouette and uh, kind of saw, like, ulterior motives going on. And Dan, at a certain point, called me and he goes, hey, man, what's this book about? (laughs) (laughs) And I realized that I had not told him at all. And so I got on the phone with him and we, like, sat on the phone for, like, three hours. And I just told him the entire story. And that's when the whole book changed. Because Daniel is a brilliant writer in his own right. Agreed. Um, And is very intuitive with story and with emotions and stuff. And so, whereas in the past, when I've just, I've got on the phone with an artist or talked to an artist and kind of told them, hey, these are my thoughts, this is the plot, this is kind of where we're heading, typically an artist, or in my experience, up to Daniel, were just like, dude, cool, let's go, man. You know, here and there, they might say like, hey, what if these were like bears instead of rhinos or whatever the fuck, you know? Um, But Daniel started on the phone, he started saying like, okay, well, like, what's Trace all about? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, like, what's his deal? Like, like, where's he from? Like, what is, wh- wh- what's his, you know, drive coming from? And like, and he started asking me really personal questions. And he really, like, made me think and he made the book so much better for it. Um, I've, said this, I've said, this, said this in other interviews, but, um, you know, after Buzzkill, which was a really kind of a hard book for me to write, because it was in some ways really personal, um, my idea was to write something that was completely unlike that book and that was just a big action film that was just a big like balls to the walls action film and i kind of wanted it to be not a stupid action film but not necessarily deep one um and that was the plan until daniel came on board and with Daniel talking about it and, and getting me to think and thinking and talking, it turned into something completely different. Um, and while it is still a big action film, um, it has this heart and this like longing and this sorrow, for lack of a better word, um, that was not there if I had just been left to my own. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, Daniel's an incredible talent, um, and he really made it into what it is. Wow, that's that's quite the story, man. I uh, that's gonna I, I gotta go back and read that thing right away. I think get a whole, get a whole new appreciation for the whole book. Um, really, Daniel points Daniel points things out in that book that I didn't even know were there, like <laughs> like he'll just say something casually on the phone, like. You know, I think it's really cool that, like, how, like, the truck kind of is this symbol for, like, the grief and the pain and the anger that Trace carries around with him. And he has to carry this, like, heavy load with him everywhere. And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's exactly what I was going for, yep. And it was, 
just <laughs> like he sees things that other people don't, and it's just he's he's just wonderful. I can't sing his praises enough. I I I can uh, give him shit though because he sucks at uh, answering Twitter Messenger, um, and I've also been too lazy or stupid to email him because I've been trying. It to is get, a, I've been trying to get him on the symptom, show. So. It's a symptom of of his people. Artists in general uh, are always going to be worth it that than your writer folks. And you know why? Because they don't have free time because they're fucking drawing their asses off. <laughs> Writers have lots of free time to dick around because we're all hacks. Um, um, but yeah, no, he should definitely come on the show. Eventually I'll get him there, but it'll, it'll end up just being an hour of praising him and you know maybe he'll have a huge head by the end of it and then you'll never be able to work with him ever again. Um, oh, that's already happened. He's, <laughs> he's already—he's eclipsed me uh, by a millionfold. The man is headed for bigger and brighter things. <laughs> um, I want to briefly touch on uh, the dark horse move to digital. Um, I, again, I, I love Dark Horse. I love a lot of the books they put out. Uh, Mignola is my favorite writer and artist, and that's my favorite universe and all that kind of shit. Um, to me, when I got that. Um, press release, it kind of felt like they had. I, I don't. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say this like, like in a terrible negative way, because again, I love Dark Horse, but it it kind of felt like they were giving up on the book. Um, how did you guys react when they when they were like, "Hey, we're just going to switch you to to a digital exclusive only"? Was there a you know, were you like, "Okay, yeah, whatever," and you guys just kept doing your thing? Do, do you see it as I saw it, or how did that kind of work? Can you talk about it even? Well, here's the thing, man. Um, I'll say this. Um, did it suck? Yeah, totally sucked. Um, but, you know, you can't really scream at the sky when it rains. Um, you know, it, they made a decision um, that I think is actually quite the opposite of how you put it. Um, you know, Ghost Fleet and a couple of other titles were kind of launched um, in the face of, um, you know, Dark Horse not having Star Wars around. And so I think they were, um, they were trying to kind of delve into their, their talent, what they had, and see what they can do, um, see what they can put out there to see what would, what would work. Um, you know, it just didn't sell well, man. Um, and, you know, that's not anyone's fault at all it's not dark horse's fault it's not retailer's fault um i used to be i used to run a bunch of comic book stores and i know how hard it is to order um to order like new and upcoming kind of creator-owned books when you only have so much money and marvel and dc are putting things out on a regular basis that you know will sell like they just will, you know. I mean, you yeah. can hate all, you can hate on big crossovers all you want, but when you have a certain amount of money and Marvel in the month of September is putting out twenty five new number one titles, well, I mean, you have a business that you have to run, you have rent that needs to be paid, you have a family that needs to be fed, and at the end of the day, a Wolverine relaunch is just going to sell more than Ghost Fleet number one from a couple of people who are not you know, at the time, bankable names. Um, so I completely understand. Um, getting back to the thing where I said that it's the opposite of what you said, um, I think a company that 
didn't care about a book and who um, didn't believe in it and was giving up on it would have just canceled it. I mean, it would have just been over with issue four. Lord knows that has happened a million times. That's true. It happens all the fucking time. And you guys would have never been able to, to see where that story went. It would have just been over forever. But Dark Horse, believe it or not, I know that, like, on the outside, when you guys are just getting, um, you know, emails or PDFs or anything, that it can kind of seem cruel or or can kind of be seen um, as, I don't know, cold, I guess is a good word for it. Um, but I want you to know, man, that, like, every single person at Dark Horse loved that book and fought for it as hard as they possibly could. Um, Patrick, who's my, my editor, I mean, he went into battle for that book. Um, and it, <laughs> Ghost Fleet kind of got canceled twice. Um, when we got the first orders in, it got cut down from 12 to 8, um, which wouldn't have been that big of a deal if I wasn't finishing issue 12 at the time, Ouch, I was yeah. <laughs> I was finishing the script for issue twelve, and Daniel had just finished drawing issue six. And they came to me and they said, "Man, there's nothing else we can do about it, dude. But it's going to be eight issues." And so it would have ended really weird. Uh, the original versions of seven and eight were meant to close a middle arc, not a complete arc. Um, so. I got Patrick on the line and I said, can I rewrite these two issues and give fans an ending? Can we, can, can we end this? And Patrick uh, very correctly said, uh, well, you have about a month. You have like one month to figure out how to do all that. And I don't know if that's going to work because just how the story was built, it was going to be really abrupt. Um, and we just all got to work, man. We got to work so fast. Daniel chipped in. Everyone just got their heads like geared for battle. And I wrote these two brand new issues, which are the issues seven and eight that you guys all just read. Um, and I like to think that you really can't tell that it was abridged because issues five and six and issues seven and eight are, <laughs> there's a, there's a jump in there when things get accelerated really quickly. This is true. Um, Shit goes, hits the fan pretty quick there. Yeah. Um, but I like to think that the jump is not that abrupt, that it still reads very, very smooth. And that's a testament to, to Patrick and Daniel and everybody uh, working so hard. Um, you know, man, look, shit happens. You know, um, I'm incredibly proud of the work that we all did on that. And by we, I include Dark Horse in that because um, they worked their ass off too. Shit happens in this market, man. You know, um, uh, sometimes people don't give things a chance because they they think it's something else. Um, <laughs> Ghost Fleet, if you were to judge a book by its cover, the first issue would lead you to believe that it is like the story of like Patrick Swayze and Danny, uh, what the hell's his name? Glover. Glover. Glover, um, Glover and um, chasing down some sort of 
uh, truck filled with ghosts, which <laughs> is and it was also a really hard book to sell to the to the to the retailers too, um, because it had such a big twist ending for the first issue um, that it was hard to sell. It was hard to explain to people what it was about because if you go back and you read the descriptions of what it's about. It, they basically describe it as X Files meets like um, Sons of Anarchy meets like like uh, Smoking the Bandit, and it was going to be like the Ghost Fleet going from like place to place and picking up secure cargo and stuff. And as someone who's read it, you know that's just not what that book's about at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, and we sold it that way because we wanted people to read that first issue and go, "Whoa, this isn't that." this is not what I thought this was going to be. This is a whole different thing. Um, so it's a learning experience, you know, it's still coming out in print. Like it's going to be, you know, volume one drops tomorrow. And then the next volume drops in August, I think. Um, so yeah, man, shit happens. Would I have preferred it to be all in print and sell a billion copies? Absolutely. If, you told me that I was going to create that book and these are the obstacles that are going to be in front of me. I would do everything over again. I would, I would do exactly the same things. I, uh, first of all, I didn't realize that the, the first trade is out tomorrow. Um, yes, I, I, I'm trying to decide if I should hold out hope for, uh, for, uh, a hardcover or not, but I probably end up getting it anyway. Cause it's so damn good. Um, but uh, I just I don't want to go I don't want to get into spoiler territory because we really don't really don't really drift into that so much here at, uh, at all comic. Um, but I do want to say that I guess it must have been issue seven um, where everything just kind of hit the fan there. And I, I was definitely a put the comic down or I guess my iPad down, and I was like, holy fucking shit, what just happened? Uh-huh. Um, it was just one of those things that, man, I didn't expect even a little bit. I mean, you kind of get like little hints, I guess. And maybe, maybe when I read it again, inevitably, you know, it, there'll be more like, um, I don't know, markers for, Hey, what the hell's going on? But just, yeah. Like, that, and there are, there, there absolutely are, you know, and, and I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff reads better, you know, in one big sitting anyway, you know, you get, you get the, the, you can remember what happened in the last issue a lot, <laughs> a lot easier. Um, yeah, yeah. but man, yeah, that blew me away. I just, I, couldn't even believe it. And actually just before the interview, I, re- I read uh, issue eight there uh, just to make sure it was nice and fresh. And uh, even still, e- even knowing, you know, how crazy issue seven was issue eight, man, just takes everything and just, you know, blows it up. Uh, I mean, that freaking ending, man, that was not what <laughs> I was, that, that's not what I was expecting. Even the slightest bit. Um, yeah. So, I mean, bravo on that. I like those kinds of endings um, where it's not kind of the norm kind of wrap up. You know what I mean? Uh, again, I'm, yeah. trying, I'm trying to be super vague, but you wrote it, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, it just man, it was just it, honestly, it was one. It's one of the, my favorite series I'd say ever. Um, well, you know, it was one of those things where you know we 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 were the easiest thing to have done was to just leave arc two the way it was, and then hopefully people read it, you know, read that arc enough that the, at the, at the demand would be so high that we would go back and do the last four issues. But I didn't want to do that, man. I did. I felt like we owed it to the audience to just give them like I always when I'm writing a comic, I always ask myself when I'm going through like my first pass through it. I always say, is this script, is this worth four dollars? 
you know, like, is this enough? Um, and I didn't feel like ending it on a cliffhanger and it maybe never wrapping up was fair at all to anyone. Um, and so, and there was kind of a lot of pushback with that of like, well, we don't have enough time to change everything, man. And I was like, fuck that. Watch me. Um, and I kind of, I have to give it up to the entire creative team. We, we ended it on our terms and we ended it exactly how we wanted to. And sitting down to write issue seven was a blast. Um, not at the time looking back on it. It was at the time, um, I was writing from a place of like, Oh fuck. Like I have a lot of like carefully seated plot points that I need to get to really, really quick. How can I do that without it falling apart and looking rushed? And so I just, um, you know, just dived in and said, let's just start turning over cards. Let's just start re re revealing everything, reveal everything all at once. Let's just go. Um, and then Daniel, Jesus, Daniel turned in, uh, started turning in pages for issue seven, which he had not that much time to do. Um, he had like under a month to put together issue seven and it was his finest work. I mean, issue seven is, I mean, not to take away from issue eight, but the, <laughs> how do I say this without spoiling it? The climactic battle between traits and a bunch of other people in issue yeah. seven is Daniel's masterpiece. Absolutely. I mean, he lost his fucking mind on that. I mean, because I had told him since since issue one, I told him there's this thing that's going to happen in, it was supposed to be issue 11, um, there's this thing that's going to happen, and when we get to that point, it's going to be all you. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to put into the script the next nine pages these couple of things have to kind of be here, here, and there, but the rest is all you. And uh, we didn't end up being able to do that as much, so I had to kind of control the issue a little bit more because, you know, it was actually the plan for it. This is going to bum a lot of people out that we didn't get to, to do this. Um, that sequence with Trace versus the army, uh, that was planned to be an entire 22 pages. Oh, issue, man. issue 11 was going to be like almost no dialogue and just from page one to page end trace fighting that army and ending with facing down the demon right um and we didn't really get to do that but um the the room that daniel had to do it in he fucking did it <laughs> He kicked a lot of ass in that. I, I, it was definitely an, one of those books where I, uh, I read it. I, you know, I, I kind of sat there in disbelief. And then I opened up my wallet and a moth flew out. And I was like, crap, I guess I'm not owning any pages here. But <laughs> it's just one of those things where you, it's just like, man, I, like, I want this all over. And just, I just want to sit there and stare at it in a room for hours and hours. Um, uh, I, have, uh, I have like six pages of art from the book. Um, but I actually have something that no one else on earth will ever have. It's really exclusive. I, um, I had Daniel draw an alternate ending to it that only I own. And he gave it to me as a gift. Um, and it will never, no one, no one will ever see it. 
Well, this interview is over. Go fuck yourself, Tony. Um, see ya. I'm actually, it's actually going to be printed in the back of volume two. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, yeah, shit, man. I'm, I'm still, I'm just trying to like go over the book now and back my head here. Um, let's, uh, we're running out of time though. Let's, uh, before we, before we start wrapping things up, um, I just want to, if, if anybody listening hasn't read it and if they couldn't, you know, gather from the way I've spoken about it or the way Alex has written about it in reviews or the couple of reviews that I did, or, you know, just the passion coming out of Donnie here, you guys need to read this book. If the trade's out tomorrow, buy the fucking trade, buy two of the trades, buy the trade for you and your friend, you and your mom, whoever. Uh, it, it really is that good. Uh, the whole team, Daniel, Lauren, uh, Donnie, I guess, um, you know. Can we just really quick, I, I know that we're running out of time, but how about Lauren Affey on Ghost Fleet? How about those colors? I was getting Holy there. Moly. I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, but yeah. no, no, I I agree. Um, I'm glad that Lauren has Twitter now as well so that, uh, that uh, she yeah, can. Yeah, finally. We can shove our praise of her great work in her face um, and yeah. make her read it and, you know look at it um but yeah really the like daniel lauren together that's that was a freaking dream team there man um every single page art colors everything was just so damn good um which is why everybody needs to go and buy the uh you know buy the trade buy two trades um but uh what uh what you said you got um a couple other books on the go you just did something in marvel as well uh donnie yeah i just did a um little secret wars backup story in um, Battle World number two, um, there's about um, War Machine and a bunch of other stuff. It's really weird. Uh, I'd never. It was. It was. It was. It was awesome to play in that world. Um, not something that I am used to playing with characters that are not mine. Uh, something I will be doing more of um, this year. Um, at if, you, if anyone's going to San Diego Comic Con. I think I think I can I can officially say this. If anyone's going to San Diego Comic Con, go to the Marvel booth. They're going to have a free comic to give out um, that I wrote, um, and so you can all go and get that. It has Iron Man and Modok um, in it. Modok is hands down the best character to write because all he ever does is like, no, you know. Um, <laughs> so that was fucking rad. Um, and then yeah, uh, the. Ghost Fleet Volume 2 comes out in, I think I said August. I think it's actually October. Um, but the paybacks starts in September, and I have two other books um, coming out that I cannot talk about yet that are creator-owned books that are not at Dark Horse. I always hate that part of the interview where I'm like, oh, what are you working on? They're like, oh, this, this, and this. And they're really fucking cool. I can't tell you anything else, though. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I, I'm honestly like... Um, uh, one of them I will be announcing at uh, San Diego. Ah, so you that can fu- that look show. for that. Um, where can we, uh, you got like a, a website and the, the, the Twitters and all that fun stuff? Yeah, just go to Twitter. You can find me there. Yeah. I'm always there. And it's uh, just at Donnie Cates? At Don Cates. Don Cates. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll find you on Twitter. Um, man, I, I got to go and uh, I got to go reread uh, the Ghost Fleet, I think, right now. Um Thanks, Donnie. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, you know, man. Staying a little lucid for at least a little bit. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I made sense. <laughs> not even a little bit, but that's what it, that's what posts for, right? Um, Fuck it. <laughs> no, seriously, Matt. I appreciate it. Um, you will. Uh, you'll always have uh, a place uh, that will shout your name and your work uh, if you want us. Um, you know, send us PDFs. Send us 
an email, send whatever you got. And uh, we're, there will. we're there for you, buddy. Um, Thank you, man. So I think if all goes well, this this interview should go up next Tuesday. And cool. um, yeah, we'll throw it out to the world and get people reading uh, Ghost Fleet, man. And Buzzkill, because Buzzkill kind of disappeared and people need to read that again. Yes, go read all the things. There you go. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Okay, see you. All right, bye. bye.